This morning, uh, we continue on our uh, Advent journey. Uh, this fourth Sunday of Advent. My name is Josh, one of the pastors here at Community. It's a great day to be with you, and it's uh, a great time as we look forward to the coming of Christmas. What I want to do is I just kind of want to quick uh, remind ourselves where we've been so far in this Advent journey. The, the past three weeks, we've looked at three different themes, three different ideas, three different kind of invitations that we have had uh, to experience Christmas in a whole new way, or Christmas for what it is. We first looked at how the Advent season is about expectation, right? Uh, Christmas is a chance to remind ourselves of the great hope, of the faith that lies in the expectation of Christ coming then and in the future. The expectation of that coming goodness, that coming good news, that coming king is what helps us to rise in the morning and press forward into our journey of faith. To stay the course because we know that what is expected will come true. Having talked about expectation, we moved forward into the next invitation. Having these great expectations of the coming king, uh, both then in Christmas and what Christmas represents, but also the coming king again in Jesus' return, we have work to do. Right When you have a party before you, as many of us do this coming next week Sunday, uh, when, when parties are before us, there's much preparation that needs to happen in order for the parties to happen. The same for our expectation, the coming of the king. Preparation is necessary. Knowing what to expect, knowing the party, the celebration of the coming king, there is work to be done. And so, what are you willing to do or not do? What are you willing to give up, to start, to sacrifice, to prepare, to make sure that you are ready and willing for this party to begin, for Christ's coming again? And then we kind of took a deeper step into uh, to preparation, Having prepared, right, having knowing that we needed to prepare for what we expect to come true, Christ coming again, uh, we have to look at a massive part of what this preparation is. Repentance. Last week, Pastor Doug walked us through what it means to repent and why repentance is a part of Advent because if we have an expected outcome... Christ coming and restoring all things and inviting us into his presence and in the presence of the Father, if that is our expected outcome and we're doing the work to, to reach that, well, we better hope and we better believe that we're on the path to that outcome, which means we need to repent. We need to turn away from our own path to the path that Christ has paved for us to eternal life turn away from our own ideas of what life is towards the way of Christ. And so that brings us to today, the fourth Sunday of Advent, where we talk about one of the, the final themes, the final parts of our journey towards the incarnation of Christ, towards Christmas, one of the final gifts that Christmas brings us, and that's rejoicing. Rejoicing. 
or joy. Rejoicing is the action of joy. So today we're going to talk about what joy is. What is joy? And why Christmas is the occasion, the reason for our rejoicing. And more importantly, how that joy transforms our entire experience of life. Advent and Christmas is a chance to reflect on and remember the life-changing joy that comes through Christ's coming to us. Before we begin that journey through Scripture, before we begin that journey together, let us uh, pray together. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence, to walk along this journey as we expectantly and excitedly wait for Christmas, to celebrate the glorious coming of Jesus Christ. And we expectantly wait for that day to return when all things are made new. And Lord, as we wait, we ask that you speak to us, you guide us, you lead us by your word and by the Holy Spirit. May that be true now. Speak to us. Transform us into your people and your church. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. So today we're going to be in a familiar part of the Christmas story, uh, one that's probably many of your favorites. Uh, this is Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So you have a, a, a picture of shepherds doing what they should be doing. Right? Shepherds are in charge of flocks, of goats, of sheep, of both, of just any livestock. And it's nighttime. Well, sheep are particularly not the smartest animal in the world, and so they, ought, they need protection, right? They're, they're easy to pick off for, by predators. Um, again, they're not very smart, so they can wander off really easily. So a job at night for a shepherd is to watch over the flock, to literally be in the field with the animals sleeping with them. So you have shepherds, smelly wandering people at the very bottom of the totem pole. 
doing what they're supposed to be doing at night. And all of a sudden, an angel appears, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified, and rightly so. Can you imagine sitting in the dark, right? We're talking dark, dark. There may be light from a fire, but there's no electricity. There's no glow on the horizon from the next town over. It is dark. And all of a sudden, a light just bursts forth and surrounds you. Of course, you would be terrified, but the angel speaks to them and says, do not be afraid. Because I bring you good news of great joy. That's key, the, the phrasing that the angel uses there. Doesn't just say, I bring you good news. It's, I bring you good news of great joy. Why, why joy? Why is it great joy? What is, what is the good news that brings great joy? What does it mean to have great joy? I'm a, a, thankfully and, and blessedly, a father of three children. And one of the times, uh, my middle, my daughter Ellery, when she was very little, I was doing the great father thing, you know, and playing with my daughter and like lifting her up in the air. Um, but she's very little, right? And if you have kids, you know what's about to come because I'm holding her up above my head, looking at her. And uh, she is looking down at me and just with a smile on her face, Austin just bleh, right? Spits up. Now, thankfully, I was young enough still that my reaction time was good enough that I was able to move my head a little bit out of the way so it didn't go in my mouth, but it still hit me on the side of the head and down my, my, my side. Now, imagine, was I happy in that moment? No. No one would be happy to have a child spit up on their face, right? Was I happy in that circumstance to be covered in a child spit up? No, I was not happy. But that circumstance did not remove my joy of fatherhood, right? I still have great joy that I'm able to hold my daughter in my hands, that my daughter is healthy, that her digestive system is working, that she's, she's eating and she's happy and she's smiling. That joy does not go away based on my circumstances, based on the fact that I'm covered in her the joy of fatherhood, the joy of a smiling child that calls me dad does not change based on circumstances. Because as we all know, as parents, you have great days where you're filled with joy and there's joy abounding. And then there's days where you're like, why is there a caveman in my house? But the circumstances do not remove the joy of being able to watch your child grow and learn and explore. The fact, the joy of being able to say, that is my child. Joy is something that is not determined by circumstances. Joy cannot be removed by a good or a bad circumstance. Joy is rooted in something deeper. 
And there is a long history of this in Scripture. If you look up what rejoicing looks like in Scripture or joy looks like in Scripture, you'll find many different passages, but all of them speak to a very similar thing of something that brings great hope and great joy even if circumstances don't look like it should exist. For instance, many of the Psalms speak to joy, speak to this great hope, this great liveliness, this great sense of life and and expectation that just doesn't make sense except for one thing. God. Circumstances may be crazy. Circumstances may be uh, just crazy all around them, turning the world upside down, but they turn to this. This is Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Proclaim His salvation day after day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous deeds among the people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound in all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all, then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. They will sing before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his truth. You can hear the joyfulness in this. You can hear the joy pouring out of the psalmist. Sing for joy. Rejoice. Give glory to God. Why? Because of who he is. Because he has established the heavens. Because he comes and he is the judge. He is the one to say what is right and wrong. And he is never changing. He has established the earth and it cannot be moved. The joy does not lie in the psalmist's circumstances. It lies in who God is and who God continues to prove himself to be. Over and over again, you see this this theme play out in Scripture. Bring joy to the Lord, even though the circumstances may be crazy. It's especially prudent to remember when most of the Old Testament was finally put to paper. When most of these calls to have joy, to to rejoice in the Lord happened. Most of the Old Testament was finally put to paper, right? Pen to paper in the exile period. When God's people are not in the land that was promised to them. When the temple where God's presence rested for them was destroyed. 
where they were scattered all over the earth instead of gathered around his presence is when they were reminded to rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because the Lord is unchanging. The Lord remains. The Lord is God. And his goodness works through our circumstances. His goodness is not changed by our circumstances. Who he is is not determined by what's happening around us. And so we come back to our story of Advent. We come back to the good news of great joy given to the shepherds. The story of Advent is the very root, the very, the very kind of cemented place for our joy. Because in it, it proves that God is always working out for our good. Think about the story from beginning to end of Scripture. From the moment humans decided we're going to try it on our own, we're going to reject God's world and God's way, and we're going to try to go our way, God has been working to bring us back into his presence, into his life, into his way where we can experience life abundantly. And Advent and Christmas, and the promise of great news, of good, or good news, of great joy, is the culmination of this. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. A Savior has been born to you. Christ the Lord. See, Advent is a time to reflect on, to remember that Christ has come. There is nothing that can change that, that God himself put on flesh for you and for me. There is nothing that can change that. It has happened. What has happened in the coming of Christ, in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection has happened. And nothing, neither height nor depth, nor any power in all of creation, nothing can remove that promise from you and from me. And therefore, we can rejoice. We should rejoice. Because Christ is born. Because today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to us, Christ the Lord. We must and we can rejoice because the promise of Christ means that the way has been paved for us. That nothing can be taken from us. That we can experience the joy of being called sons and daughters of God once again. The joy of Advent, rejoicing, is, is a choice. We must be clear on that. Because 
Yes, Christ has come, and, and, and what has happened on Christmas Day thousands of years ago has happened. The truth of Christ cannot be removed or moved or taken from us, but our circumstances can certainly be thrown off, right? Like, we, we have to expect and understand that our circumstances don't often cause us to want to rejoice, we all experience pain and hardship. We all experience the struggles of life. We all experience the, the darkness of a broken world pressing in around us. But rejoicing, but joy chooses to give glory to God in those moments. This means that the, the joy of Christmas, the joy of Advent, the chance to remember, to look squarely upon Christmas and remember that joy has been established for us, it means that in the midst of our grief, we can grieve. We can grieve the loss of loved ones. We can grieve the, the struggles of cancer, the struggles of chronic pain, the struggles of our, our mental health issues. We can grieve those things. We can also have joy in knowing that those do not determine our worth, that those are not the final say in what we get to experience in Christ Jesus, that even in death, we can rejoice because death has been conquered and Christ has won. Advent is a season to remember, to look squarely upon the baby in the manger and re remember and rejoice because joy has come. The source of what we can celebrate, the source of all good in our life, even if circumstances try to tear us down, has come. And so this Christmas season, I know for, for many of us, may be difficult as we gather together with family and realize there's a family member missing. There's a face no longer there. Or as we gather together and we realize the struggles that it took to get there, the chaos of trying to gather family together, of loading all the, everyone into one tiny little house that turns out to be 85 degrees the struggles of dealing with family conflict. But in the midst of those circumstances, in the midst of all of that chaos, we have an opportunity to sit down, to in our own little minds be surrounded by the glory of the Lord, by the glory of the Holy Spirit, and to remember the joy of Christ come for us. To remember the joy of the promise of Emmanuel, God with us. To rejoice that we do not suffer alone. To rejoice in the fact that we do not grieve alone. To rejoice in the fact that we do not celebrate alone. That we have a God who is here with us by the Holy Spirit. A God who understands us. 
a Savior who feels with us. So may we, this Advent season, this Christmas season, rejoice, not in our circumstances, but in Him, the unchanging, all-powerful, almighty, gracious Savior who is unchanging. May we rejoice in the good news of great joy that is Emmanuel, Christ with us. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this chance to slow down and to be reminded and to remember the good news of great joy. That we have a Savior who is here with us, it is near with us, a Savior that came in the flesh to experience humanity at its fullest so that we may rejoice even in our suffering because we have a Savior who suffers with us. so that we may rejoice in our grief because we have a Savior who grieves with us, so that we may rejoice because of Emmanuel, God with us. God, wherever we may be today and, and in the coming week as we prepare for our own Christmas celebrations, give us those moments to stop to slow down, to be enveloped by your glory and rejoice. Rejoice in the fact that we are held in your hands, called by name as your children. And nothing, nothing can ever take that away from us. It is in the great and holy and amazing name of Jesus Christ that we come to you today and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.